I had planned to talk about the different martial arts on how to defend yourself and possibly kill a man with your bare hands. I will still run that show, but tonight's lineup has changed. You want to stay tuned for an epic show. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Around the Campfire with Kate, where we share ideas with tried and true remedies that can save your life if you train. This is usually a live call-in show, but tonight the phone lines are not open. I live in an area where the ice storms has hit the hardest, and we are in storm number three right now. So with the generator and the booster, we are live tonight with a special guest. I have a new website, thanks to my producer, Angel. So if you want to find my live shows on Thursdays and Sundays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Central, and 5 p.m. Pacific, as well as all my previous shows, then tune in to aroundthecampfirewithkate.blogspot.com. With over four decades of martial arts experience, including three decades instructing self-defense and personal fitness, and two decades working nightclub security, my guest tonight has become a respected expert in responding to and de-escalating violent situations. During the past 10 years, he had the privilege of traveling the globe, certifying men and women in over 20 countries to become Krav Maga instructors, conducting instructional seminars and rank testing. He is the only non-Israeli on the International Krav Maga Federation instructors team. Currently, he is teaching mentality and movement, providing students the tools to survive and thrive during violent encounters. Hey everyone, welcome to the show, Marcus Torgerson to my campfire. Hey, Marcus. Hey, thank you for having me on. No problem. So let's get started. All right. Who is Marcus Torgerson? Well... How long do we have of a, of a show? <laughs> we have an hour, so go for okay. it. Maybe you'll well, hit all my questions, and then, and then the hour will be done. Uh, well, uh, I can't. Uh, who am I? I am just. Uh, I'm just a regular guy that has had extraordinary. No, nah, I wouldn't even say extraordinary. Just been dealt some unique cards that uh, I learned from that morphed me into. Uh, a certain way of being. Uh, the, here's the bottom line. I'm sorry. I'm trying to be all deep and stuff, and it just doesn't work. I just nah, just hey, be you. I just gonna be me. Um, I'm a 50 plus year old man that's uh, grown up in not the best ways, uh, not the best uh, family environment, and martial arts has always been an outlet for me. I was not athletic. I was absolutely useless athletic wise. Um, so martial arts was my thing. Ate it, slept it, drank it. Uh, and it's been that way for over 40 years. And along the path of um, divorces, marriages, uh, loves, losses, deaths, uh, abuse, alcoholism. And it's, it's just led me to where I am today, which for the first time in a long time, I can look in the mirror and say, you know what? that guy's not that bad of a person, which for me is a, is a big accomplishment. So I'm just a regular guy who's gone through the same shit as everybody else. Well, 
You are a Krav Maga instructor internationally. What is Krav Maga and what sets Krav Maga apart from all the other martial arts forms? Well, Krav Maga is a, a defensive system, defensive tactics system that was created in Israel. Uh, and its main purpose at the time that it was created was just to prepare soldiers in, who are about to go to war uh, in a short amount of time and have the highest amount of retention possible because you don't have years and, and months to get good at something that's going to save your life. You've got days, weeks, um, because the battles that were going on were, were real, real-time wars, and they didn't have time to screw around. Now, it's, it's evolved over the years to the civilian sector, and it's basically still got the same uh, purpose, to deal with violent uh, altercations that come your way and be able to do the movements that are simple, naturally reactive and reflective, and get out of uh, harm's way as fast as possible. And everybody can do Krav Maga. There's not a single human being alive that cannot do Krav Maga. And that's what makes it more, the most unique of all the defensive tactics systems. Well, you have decades of training, a lot of yep. training. I would really love to train with you because my martial arts is different from your martial arts and it would be so much fun to train with you. But what got you started in Krav Maga? Oh, in Krav Maga? Well, uh... well no, not just Krav Maga, but martial arts in general to where you are today. Right. Well, martial arts in general is, it's a cliche. I was getting my ass kicked on a regular basis. So I ended up taking some Kung Fu and that really didn't help me at all at getting my ass kicked. So now I just got my ass kicked more often, but just went to classes uh, so I could uh, make myself feel better. And I just fell in love with it. So most of the stuff that I've done martial arts wise has been done due to insecurity and fear because I'm getting my ass kicked on a regular basis. Now, throughout the years, into my early 20s, and I was doing a style of karate called Weichiru, very traditional system, um, that was done out of convenience. The, the pro shop I had in the gym, my partner was the teacher for the karate school upstairs in the aerobics room. Ended up doing that, fell in love with it, because again, martial arts is, it really is just a part of my DNA. There, you cut me open, and my love for all martial arts will will ooze out now in 2005 after taking a small hiatus away from from martial arts mostly because i was just burnt out um as a personal trainer which i was i've been doing since 1989 um i don't know if you remember taibo do you remember that with billy blank yeah yes right. i do well <laughs> thankfully uh taibo was so bad for everybody's joints and arms that I ended up recreating myself uh, as a personal trainer to do kickboxing, which I was already doing all the time anyways. I just didn't get paid for it. Um, but because he kept hurting everybody's elbows with those DVDs, I was able to, uh, to start doing uh, kickboxing with my clients. Now, I go through Kung Fu, I go through uh, karate, and I take a break, and then I'm like, I want to be a student again. So I go and I research and I look, and I'm like, you know what? None of this stuff is going to work for me because having worked in bars, I knew for sure what was not working. 
I just you after being around that many drunk people, plus my time on the street as a kid getting my ass kicked, I knew what didn't work. Kramaga seemed to be the thing, the 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 system that would work. So I went, tried it out locally because I was in Vancouver at the time, Canada, and I didn't really feel good about what I was learning. It just didn't feel right. Went on the internet, uh, saw that what I was doing had nothing to do with Israel. As a traditional person, I wanted to be a part of the source. The IKMF, the International Krav Maga Federation, was the, the people I bumped into. Uh, a series of events happened to get me to the point where I ended up uh, October 2005 in Israel for the month and uh, did my instructor's course with my teacher, Avi Moyel. Um, one-on-one, just by, just me and him. Now, that has never happened. You cannot beat that kind of training. You Well, exactly. And and the fact that he's never done it before. So there's a whole bunch of things like, I don't even know what I would call them, happenstance, weird events. But the fact that I got to go to Israel, live there, stay there, learn, and then just opened my eyes to what I didn't know and what I really fell in love with was how simple it was. And from 2005 to now, it's just been a roller coaster of uh, experiences and adventures, improving my skill set with Krav Maga and then getting to the point where I can teach people how to become instructors and also teach people on the regular level on just how to be a nightmare for bad guys. We're going to get into that here pretty soon. But... (laughs) How did you get involved with 100 Deadly Skills Combat Edition? All right. Well, I have my story. And whenever you get Clint on here, you can ask him and he'll probably tell you a different version. I think I got on because I stalked him on social media. <laughs> I've been stalking him and he doesn't give me the time of day. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, I've tried it. Um, I actually, I don't. So I was living in Texas at the time and he lives in Texas and we were both at the airport. He was going to California. Actually, I believe we're both going to California and uh, you know, we just kind of shook hands and talked a little bit. And then we talked by a text for a while. And then he came out and he said, Hey, I'm doing this book uh, and I want you to be a part of it. And, you know, I don't know. I didn't know Clint at the time very well. And I was like, yeah, sure. Of course. I'm not going to say no to that opportunity. Not really thinking anything about it. And then, uh, you know, a short time while later, he's like, hey, by the way, it's happening, so be ready. I was like, uh, okay. Now, Clint drove throughout all of this uh, procedure. This is at the heart, the heart of COVID. So he's driving around the country, uh, meeting up with each of the 16 people that are in the book. Um, so he sits there and he came out to here in Arizona and we filmed my my part of it and he did the interview for me with me and uh it's it's been a life-changing situation it's something that i say this and i want i'm glad you asked the question because i want it to be timeless i will never be able to thank clint emerson for this opportunity um the people in the book there's legends in this book okay i mean really big legends and what the fuck i'm doing in it i have no idea um, because I, I, you are a legend in my mind. I love you for that. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have nearly enough money to pay for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but the truth is, is it, it's 
and the book, because it's one of a kind, it's never been done before. And people are like, well, what are you talking about? There's tons of books. Um, but with the videos that are attached to the QR codes in the book, you're literally paying $26 for this one of a kind book that you get the pictures, you get the writing and you shove your phone over it and boom, it takes you to videos of everybody in that book. That's 16 legends. I'm going to put myself in there doing all these different techniques and you get access to them anytime you have your phone available. Wow. I did not yeah. know about the book. I did oh, not know. Oh, well, and, and, and the, okay. So there's all that, right? You think that should be enough to make me happy. No, it gets better. The guy who drew it, Tom Mandrake, this comic book artist, who's an absolute legend in the field of comics. I'm a comic book geek. He yeah. does. He decides that, Hey, instead of just a regular uh, book with, you know, people doing things in cartoon form, how about we make all the bad guys some of the most hated, notorious people in the history of time and the protagonists, the big guys, the good guys. I use that name, your protagonist. I got that from Jack Carr. I didn't know what that word meant before him. Um, all the good guys get to uh, kick their ass. So in my section, I get to kick Hitler's ass. Oh, man. All the movements I'm doing, you know, the, the palm heel strikes and the side kicks and the front kicks and the defending against a gun and knife attacks is against Hitler. And that's that's immortal. Like for the rest of my life, I will always be the guy that kicked Hitler's ass. I can die a happy man. <laughs> yes, you can. I can. You you are the envy of, of many people now oh. around the world. <laughs> yep, I'm telling you, it was, and when I, I, I for sure will see Tom Mandrake at some point in time, because I, I don't care if I have to sleep outside of his house to see him. Um, I need to shake his hand, give him a big hug, because that is, that is the pinnacle of my career. I, it doesn't wow. matter what I do after this. That will be forever as a, as a Krav Maga artist, as a supporter of Israel, as a, as a person whose family in Israel. If that that's that I can't get any better. There's nothing that'll uh, surpass that until the next thing. Well, I don't know. I don't Clint, know. Cl bigger than beating up Hitler. Clint will have another book, and when he does, you will be in it, and it will surpass this, and you'll be saying, "I do not know how I surpassed that." I don't know, and and to be honest with you, I am I'm waiting for Clint to sit there and be like, "Okay, so you're in the book. Time for you to get to wash my car and do the laundry." And <laughs> I'm like, whatever, whatever you need me to do, Clint, I'm in. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Well, as most of my audience knows, I am a survivor of human trafficking, and that has changed the course of my life and my career choice. Um, I was rescued at a very tender age. What can you do as an instructor for our youth and our women, our boys, girls of all ages? What do you do to help them? Well, okay, dig in, people, because this is going to get kind of deep. That's what I want. Um, so I was, uh, I was molested by two different men in my lifetime at a young age, or, well, young, young man. Um, so the best thing that I have been able, first of all, to teach anybody that's being trafficked or groomed or any of that, the very first thing is to be able to look at yourself in the mirror and remember, you know what? 
this i this is somebody else's fault these pricks did this to me so they're not going to have power over me now i realize that there's techniques and we could do and do all this hi ya bang boom karate kung fu we could do all that stuff but the hardest part is to mentally be able to and emotionally for our boys and girls that are being put in these positions to have the strength to look in the mirror and say you know what i'm not a bad person that is not person. that is not easy even no. even at my age at 50 blah, 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 years old <laughs> um that is not easy to do um i had to talk to an empty chair oh i had yeah. i had to as an adult talk to that little girl Mm-hmm. And have that little girl talk to me as an adult. And I didn't trust me. And that was me talking to me. Yep. yep. And I had to teach myself to say five positive things about myself, looking at myself in the mirror. It took me a long time to look at myself in the eye in the mirror because I blamed me. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. So when you ask me that question, I don't ever have, I've been asked that question kind of in a different way in the past. And my answer will never change because all the palm heel strikes and knee strikes and elbow strikes and, you know, all the cool moves that I can show you mean absolutely nothing. If you don't feel that you have value to be able to fight back. Exactly. So the only thing I ever want people to do, anybody who's had the courage to come up and say, you know what, I, this has happened to me or this is happening, is to, to respectfully look at them and remind them that they're of value, remind them that it's not their fault, so that the piece of shit that sat there and has, has rented space in their head to work to get rid of that person out of that. They don't have, it's no vacancy. Get out. You're not, you're not welcome here. From there, we can parallel some movements, some type of actions, so that when you do look in the mirror, you're like, okay, that person's gone, and I can palm heel strike, and I can do a hammer strike, and I can do a sidekick, and I know all these things, so that it doesn't happen again. Or, more importantly, not only that it doesn't happen again, but that you will pass on that information to someone else. I'm a big believer in in getting information and sharing it as fast as possible. So if I teach you something, all right, let's say I teach you uh, how to palm heel strike and kick somebody in the groin. Well, immediately, like 10 minutes after we're finished training, I want you to go find the one or two people, male or female, doesn't matter, that you think are at risk of something happening. And you say, hey, I got this guy, this crazy guy, Marcus taught me this stuff. And why don't you, and it's super easy. Look how easy it is to do this. And then let them get that information so that they can build from within some sense of empowerment so that they don't have the power. Those piece of shits don't have that kind of power. Their hooks don't get in so deep. They're going to be deep. They're going to go in anyways, but not so deep that they can latch on the way that they do. So it's like an, an each one reach one. Yeah. Yeah. I believe, I believe that that's the, the fastest way will be able to fight back <clears throat> against a very cowardly group of people. You have a t-shirt that I 
love and I want it so bad. <laughs> Tell us about your t-shirt. Well, I, have yeah, I, I know you know what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have a shirt that says hunt your local pedophile. It's yes! a black shirt and an orange in a box, like almost like a stop sign. And it's, uh, it's a very simple shirt, very simple shirt. And it's hunt your local pedophile. And the beautiful part about that is the reactions that I receive. So I fly quite a bit, obviously. And for anybody who's ever flown, going through TSA is less <laughs> than pleasant. <laughs> so when I first came up with these shirts, I had to fly somewhere. I can't remember where. And it was busy. And I went through TSA. I follow all the rules. And this guy go, looks at me and he's like, I love that shirt. And I said, you have good taste. All of a sudden, everybody on that line, the, the x-ray person and the person taking me through the, uh, the little x-ray machine. And man, they were all like, sir, would you like to blah, 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 blah. And they were, I went through in like 3.2 seconds. <laughs> and I was like, wow, okay. All right. This is cool. And then I walked about 20 feet. And this woman, this woman had to be about 60, 65. And she looked over and she had the, the most disgusted look on her face at my shirt. I was like, hmm. That's very oh, no. interesting. TSA walks me through and you don't like my t-shirt. And that has been the common denominator. It's been a group of people that don't like the shirt and then a whole bunch of people that do. And I find it very fascinating, the people that don't like the shirt. And I'm thankful. I'm thankful. I love the fact that somebody will come up and be, I don't like that shirt. Awesome. Then I don't need to talk to you because to me, you can go get hit by a car. See you. Bye. <laughs> that poor car yeah the, well hit him twice um so and i want to make i want to clarify a few things if you don't mind oh I'm i don't mind not telling people when they wear the shirts that i want them to go break the law hunt down a pedophile and kill them as much as that puts a smile on my face no i do not want you to the shirt is to take power back the shirt is so that the pedophiles on this planet who've had carte blanche forever, I want them to know, you know what, you piece of shits? We know you're around and we are letting you know that you are not welcome. You know what I mean? Like, I, I just want, it's, it's meant to be empowering, not promoting the death of pedophiles. Though I do not find anything wrong with that. I just want to make sure we clarify that I'm not promoting that, you know, you go kill people. Well, everybody... Go to MarcusTargerson.com and get that T-shirt. Yes, yes. This, I love that T-shirt. <sighs> yeah, I have to say that I'm pretty. I have. To, I'm very proud of myself, patting myself on the back for that because I really didn't know what the response would be. I mean, look at it. it's a simple, basic shirt. Um, it's it's nothing special and it just again as a as a survivor of 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 being molested, I, if it could, if I could, I would love to go up to the two men that molested me wearing that shirt and smile as, as I look at them with this and point at them and be like, yep, this is for you, you piece of shits. There you go. That would be awesome. There you go. I wish I could 
say a few things to the individual who sold me into uh, human trafficking, which was my stepdad. So, uh, but he is now deceased, and so there's a special place in hell for him. We've all heard that we should be in fitness and train, you know, in specific skills in order to defend ourselves, that we should be in shape. Well, mm. round is a shape. It sure is. Can yeah, you help those? Can you help those that are a bit more uh, fluffy? Well, and now, so <laughs> the answer is yes. Um, if any of you now, why why do we say you should be in shape? Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna break it down as simple as possible. When you're attacked, after you do your business, whatever it is, you've done nothing more than create an opportunity to escape. Now, when you escape, if you cannot run, and I mean run, 100 meters, let's leave it at 100 meters, okay? If you can't run 100 meters without having a heart attack, then what you've done is you've just allowed those attackers to have a easier target. So yes, I want, I don't, I don't like the fact that, that, that America has the obesity rate that it does. I don't, I don't, I love this country. I don't want to see our children and our, and excuse me, and our people dying of diabetes and what have you. Of course not. But if you want to be pragmatic about it, You've got to be able to escape that situation. Now, what about strength? Well, doing a push-up, if you can do one push-up, you can do a palm heel strike. The palm heel strike is nothing more than a high five. Everybody can high five. So if you take a high five and you do one push-up, you can do a palm heel strike. Now, imagine how much stronger that palm heel strike would be if you could do two push-ups. So when, when people talk about fitness, unfortunately, they go and they look online. They see all these men and women who are just absolutely crushing the gym. Well, <laughs> I can't relate to that. I don't do those workouts anymore. I am happy to eat donuts, coffee, and go for my leisurely little walks in the day. Donuts? But Did you say at donuts? At the end of the day, you need to be able to do something, create some type of a, of a, of a, a violent act to create an opportunity for escape. And, and when you escape, you have to be able to run to wherever. Running to your car is not going to be the answer because you're not going to be able to use it. So if you, if nothing else, do physical, something physical, scalable, something easy, and do it as often as possible so that you are harder to attack. But there you go. Well, you train self-defense you train the krav maga to those that are uh physically challenged as well as mentally challenged tell yeah. us about your program i oh. have seen some of your videos and they are so inspiring oh man i'm, I'm, I'm gonna cry for sure on this one okay go ahead well, well <laughs> for those that don't probably won't know my son logan has cerebral palsy uh, which is, he was born, the umbilical cord was wrapped around his throat and oxygen goes his brain. Now he's a very severe case of it. He's basically a quadriplegic with cerebral palsy. Now he'll never walk. It, I, there's a list of things he won't do and it doesn't really matter. I don't care about what he can't do. I care about what he can do. He can smile, he can laugh and he can let you know whether he's upset or happy. Now, when it came to the opportunity, when the IKMF created this adaptive program, I was obviously 
first one, I was like, yep, send me in. I wanted to learn. I, it was the best course I'd ever taken. It completely changed how I teach Krav Maga. And it changed it because of the fact that when I walk into a room and the video that you saw was a, a, you know, a, a, a plethora of different people with different situations, challenges, whatever word you want to use. You know, a person in a wheelchair or a person who's got severe challenges, they know, okay? You don't have to tell them, hey, man, you probably can't really fight to defend yourself. They know that. They don't need any more fucking of that stuff. But when all of a sudden a person that has a challenge is able to do, let's say, a palm heel strike or as the case that one of the girls that I worked with, she had a very severe case of cerebral palsy and I went to go slap her in the face and she blocked it like, the normal people, and I'm using quotations because it's a word I absolutely detest, normal. The, the look on her face, the smile on her face was so encouraging. It is, a, it is something I'll never forget. So it's not about the adaptive Krav Yeah, I want to I wanna change the, the, the ratio of how much they're going to be a victim and how much they can fight back. But really what I care about is showing them, you know what? It's not about what you can't do. It's about what you can do. And looks, here's what you can do. And feeling alive is probably the best thing one person can ever do for another person is to help them feel alive and have a purpose and to sit there and smile just because they're doing something they thought they could never do. So that program, as much as I love doing it, I'm selfishly doing it because it feeds my piggy bank, my emotional piggy bank far more than what they get out of it. I selfishly do get way more than, than they do. I have seen the look on some of their faces in the wheelchairs, oh. and it is remarkable to see their self-esteem so high. Yeah. Just being able to defend themselves. Yeah. And, and they feel like the normal kids, you know, they don't feel, they don't feel like they're, special needs and they don't feel like they're the people who are shoved in the corner and you know all the crap that goes with that uh, that is that is by far professionally like as a teacher um every time i get those opportunities i'd say they add five years to my life without a doubt wow wow yeah well if you're just now joining us live i have the honor of interviewing What's his name? Oh, yeah, that's it. Marcus Torgerson, <laughs> one of the best international Krav Maga instructors in the world. Of course, I'm biased, but um, <laughs> yes, uh, thank you for joining us, uh, Marcus. Um, it is an honor to um, talk to you and interview you. And um, I was going to tease you and really give you a hard time, but I'll wait for the second show to do that. <laughs> so um, you train. Um, Okay. Some of us like to think that we're athletically inclined. You know, we're all that and a bag of chips and the dip. Talk mm -hmm. to us about your combat training program. Combat training program. Well, when, when you, a lot of, a lot of things when it comes to the word combat, first of all, when you hear the word combat, what do you think of? You think of military and you think of something very difficult and the verbiage is, is sometimes misleading. I believe that everybody has 
within them the ability to go far beyond whatever it is that they think they are able to do. <clears throat> so all I do is I steal from all the better men on the planet that I've had the blessed fortune to train with, learn from, or just be friends with. I steal as much information as, as I can from them. I take the, the, my own personal experience on human performance and mental performance, which is more important. And I let people experience what stress inoculation, which is you know a fancy way of saying, I'm going to stress your whole body out and then attack you. Um, and let them see what, what really works and what doesn't work. But more importantly, where they're done and they're completely in a fetal position, feeling like they're going to have a heart attack and die. Not really. I'm just being dramatic. Um, but they get to sit there and they say, wow, I can't believe I just did that. When you can look in the mirror and say, wow, I did this or I did that. When the negative insurgency, which I'm stealing from a guy I consider a mentor, David Rutherford, when the negative insurgency comes in, you know what they feed on? Fear, doubt, and insecurity. Mm -hmm. So when you've accomplished something in your lifetime, when I tell people that it's not just me, go and go and get as much of this from all over the world. When you accomplish goals where you're like, yeah, that was, that was tough. Now, tough is relative. Tough for me might be way, 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 way under what you can do, what you've accomplished. It's not a pissing contest. It's not about the best in the world. It's about me as an individual achieving a goal or shattering the roof of what I think I can do, doing it, and then being like, wow, okay, I obviously underestimated what I was capable of. And once you finish understanding that you're capable of a million percent more than what you think you can do, all of a sudden you're able to do more and more and more. And by doing more and more, your negative insurgency and those gremlins and those negative thoughts have nothing to feed on. And the less they can feed on, the better it is. Wow. Yeah. I think you should tell us how you really feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm very much a, I'm very shy. And, I, yeah, uh, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you do you teach competitive fighting? No, no, because there's rules in competitive fighting. And there are no rules in street well, fighting. Well, no. I mean, if if like if I had you in front of me and we we're like, okay, let's go and do some stuff, I'd say, okay, um, what do you like? Do you do you carry coffee with you? Do you drink coffee? Do you you know or anything for that matter? Do you have anything in your hand besides a cell phone? Uh, well, actually, my cell phone's in my pocket because I very rarely rarely use it, but I usually do have a 40-ounce uh, container of, of tea in my hand. Beautiful. Beautiful. So when you sit there and you're like, okay, so what do I do to protect myself? Okay, so let's take that 40-ounce thing of tea and let's learn how to crush the orbital bone of the human face. Let's, let's take yeah. it and smash it so hard into the skull that possibly we can dent the actual skull or at least cause the brain to shift a little bit and give them a concussion. Now, when you have somebody who's capable of doing those things, those grotesque amounts of violence, if you can wrap your head about doing that, the bad guys have less to deal with. 
if I get you to be like, you know what? The first thing I want you to do and bad guy comes in, spit right in his face. As soon as he spit, you spit in his face, I want you to hit him in the throat or kick him in the balls or jab him in the eye with your thumb. Now, can you imagine me telling that to a UFC fighter or a competitive boxer? Or Oh, absolutely not. Yeah. No. So, so if I can't say what I need for them to do to be successful on the street, I, can, I have nothing I can relate to them because of those rules. I read somewhere, I don't remember if it was Tim Larkin um, of Target Focus Training or where it was that I had read it, but there was a, a, a wrestler who, when they wrestle, they tap out if they cannot handle any more of whatever it is that's going on in the ring. Well, he walked out of the arena and walked out into the parking lot and some guys mugged him and they were literally killing him and he was tapping out. He was <laughs> tapping out and they almost literally killed him because that is what is in his training. That was his second right. nature was yeah. tapping out. And so yeah. I understand what you're saying. Introduce the person's nose to their left ear. Yeah. 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 I, I'm a, I'm a big fan of, of leaving trophies you know, it doesn't take Ooh. a lot of pressure to rip off an ear. It really doesn't. You know what I mean? And this is like mm -hmm. what I tell people is, is this, is if you get attacked by one or two or three or the person that is attacking you is physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, all the least, they're, they're just dominant over you. Then, okay, you're going to the hospital. We know you're going to the hospital. So when you go to the hospital, I want you in the gurney and I want the nurses and doctors that are so upset that they think you've been hit by a car, I want them to say, please, Mr. or Mrs. So-and-so, please describe who attacked you. And through the broken jaw that you'll be having and all those bad things, I want them to hear or, or just see as you pull out of your pocket an ear or in your other pocket is an eyeball because whoever attacked you has to go to the hospital now. And they're going to say that they got attacked by a fucking car or something. But if the person that has been attacked has their ear and their eye, well, that's going to be something that that attacker will never have back for the rest of their life. And if you can wrap your head around that, if you can wrap your head around the fact that you are going to lose the fight anyways, so go out swinging, take as much of them as possible. Because I'll tell you this, and I've seen it in real life, and it's a fact, when you snatch a body part, some piece of somebody's face, or you bite down on their cheek and you pull away and you have their cheek in your mouth, the person likely to go forward with that attack immediately. They may take a second, they may come and attack you, but for a split second, you won the fight, if there's such a thing as winning. I'd, forgive me, but I couldn't think of another word. You won. You've got a piece of them for life. They're fucked for life. They're going to be marred, scarred, and mentally a mess. You've won. Now, what are you going to do with it? Now, that's where additional training, uh, that's where creating the opportunity to run and escape and all the other fancy shit. But if you're not willing to do what it takes to make them regret the day that they ever tried to touch a piece of your skin, then you're forever going to be screwed. And that's hard as I'm a very... I'm a very touchy person. I'm, I, I, and I don't mean a touchy feely person. I'm the type of person that you have to be invited to hold my hand. You have to be invited 
into my space. Um, I know that that has a lot to do with being trafficked and, and rescued. I know that has a lot to do with um, trace tracking, rescuing and extracting victims of human trafficking. I'm really touchy about people. I, I get peopled out very quickly. Right. Um, what do you recommend in Krav Maga to help someone like me? Even though I am trained in the way my team trains, what would you tell me if a person who is not trained, mm-hmm. what would you tell me to help me? Um, truthfully, I would say get in the habit of carrying a pen or a pencil on your person. Not you know, You don't need the ninja knives or anything just a pen or a pencil something that can go into an eyeball and break off okay uh grab something carry stuff on you not not mace or any garbage like that but something that will leave a mark like i like i like my hydro flask okay my hydro flask is fantastic because i know that when i it's harder than my fist will ever be so it will do damage to the bad guy that my hands are not capable of now Okay, so that's one section. Secondly, I would say, do you have teeth? Yes, good. You're going to bite anything that gets within your range of biting. If you can hold on to them, if you can touch them, because they can touch you, so you can touch them, I want you to find the part of their anatomy that you think they will, they will miss in their lifetime. If they've <laughs> exposed themselves, if they're actually exposed themselves, and you see scrotum, and you see testicles, and you see a penis, Assuming that they're male, which I don't assume because women are equally as evil as men. I don't care what anybody says. That's true. But grab something that they're going to regret and that they're going to miss for the rest of their life. If you can, if I can get any woman or man to embrace those, those, the concepts of that, they've already just by embracing it and be willing to do that. They have one almost all the fights that they'll get into because they're willing to do something that most people are not willing to do. It's too, I get a lot of people who are trained. I mean, like really like they're men and women who are really fucking badasses. And then all of a sudden, you know, there's three guys and that three guys have got you on the ground. They're curb stomping you and the will to fight is waning. And all of a sudden, I'm like, well, why, why are you not, why are you not grabbing some one of them? Just grab one. Well, because there, I've got to protect myself from the other two. Grab that one person, and bite into their art, into the inside of their thigh. Bite so much that you sit there and you get chunks of flesh and bleeding, because when people bleed, insecurity, doubt, and fear comes in. That that is a fact. Absolutely. Right. Absolutely. How tough for you when all of a sudden you see. Now, just imagine you're looking at your face, right? And you put your finger on your cheekbone. Now, I want you to look down at your finger on your cheekbone, and I want you to imagine that all you see is flesh and a bunch of blood splitting out of it, okay? Now, are you going to think about, oh, I've got to continue raping, beating this person? Or are you like, wow, holy fuck, I have a piece of my face flapping in the wind. How tough are you going to be when that's happening? Not very. Not very. At least, at least for ten or fifteen seconds, and then but that buys you time. That right. ten to fifteen seconds buys you time. Yep, that's and that's all. That's all that I ever teach anybody. I have so many people who are, walk away from the train. They're like, "That's all you taught me." 
I'm like, yeah, because when push comes to shove, a palm heel strike, uh, your ability to use your legs and poking in the eye, ripping off here, everything I've described here. If you can do any of that, you're going to win every fight that you get into. Yep. Oh, it's not sexy. The stuff I teach is not sexy. And that's why I'm not I'm not very popular amongst the uh, It doesn't have to be sexy. You you're in it to win it, not you know, and walk away alive, not yep. be sexy and and be be uh, kung fu, the the movie kung fu with yep. oh, David Carradine. Yeah, I love it's... snatch out pebble. Yep. I agree. <laughs> exactly. Preaching the choir. How long does it take for an individual on the average in your experience to become proficient in Krav Maga? Um, going on the assumption that uh, they digest the information, uh, willing to do it, ah, days, weeks, it takes no time. How, how hard is it to sit there and high five somebody in the face? Like, honestly, how hard is it? It's not hard. Uh, if I teach you what to do against a choke, very simple movements. I mean, it's the, the Krav guy was made and created as the idiot's guide to self-defense. It is the epitome. It is in the dictionary under keep it simple. Stupid is a Krav Maga word because it's supposed <laughs> to be so simple. If it's complicated, it ain't Krav Maga. So that's what makes it so, so easy to learn. Yeah. It's not, it, again, if you, if I can't take 10 people, 10 strangers, 10 random people and teach them something in 10 or 15 minutes, then I'm not, it's not Krav Maga. Well, see, the hardest part about, and I'm not saying for me it's the hardest part, but the hardest part about Krav Maga and uh, martial arts like Krav Maga is it is simple. People do not want to think simple. They want to 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 make it pretty. They want to to do the cat kick and and the roundhouse, and they want to make it so so the bad guy can actually whip their butts. So in thinking simple, I tell people that I'm just a simple country girl with a complicated job. <laughs> so, um, and so I, I live simple. I live in a tiny home. I have a solar, I'm not on the grid and I, I am a simple person and it, it confounds people. They, they just do, they want it so complicated because it's a complicated world. How can you simplify a complicated world to a non-complicated person? This is not even going to make sense to a non-complicated person who wants to be complicated. Well, it's, it's actually, I, I run into that more times than not because I'll show uh, a front kick. Okay. So you're familiar with a front kick. Yes. You've Absolutely. Got a front kick. Okay. Uh, how I teach a front kick is I go into the toilet where the toilet seat is. And I asked the person, have you ever lifted up the toilet seat without using your hands? Cause it's gross. They're like, of course I have. I'm like, okay, please do it. They take their foot over the lip of the toilet. They pick it up and they push it to the back of the toilet. I'm like, okay, that's a front kick. There you go. You lift up your knee and you put your foot out there. Idiot proof. Done deal. Perfect. Now, when I get somebody who's like, no, 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 it has to be more complicated. I'm like, okay, this person needs complications and I'll spend 10 minutes Going knee up, knee up, knee up, good, knee up, <laughs> knee up. I'll, I'll, if if that's the case, I'm gonna start charging by the minute, and we'll we'll make this uh, profitable for me because you want to take uh, the the simplest thing and complicate. No problem. We now are charging the session instead of by the hour. We're charging by the minute. 
Um, it, Einstein, I don't, again, I say this quote all the time. I don't even know if Einstein really said it or not, but I'm going to say I heard it that he said it, so he said it. If you cannot <laughs> explain something simply, it means you don't understand it. There you go. And, Absolutely. And my, everything I do in my life, I try to have it like that, where I try to explain it as simply as possible. Now, if you want to ruin it, I spent decades trying to get to this level of atonement or not atonement of understanding, like Kung Fu, man. I want to snatch the pebble out of that. I want to be fucking Kwai Chen Kane in smartness. Oh, yeah. Now, if you're going to fuck that up because you, because it, it's too simple for you, fine. We'll, we'll go the long route. And then when we're finished, I'm going to end the situation the exact same way I started it. And then remind you how much of a moron you are because you wouldn't listen to the simplest way of doing it because you had to be complicated. Blah, well, blah, I'm blah. gonna, I'm gonna get a little, uh, a little more touchy in the emotions now. Good, How's that? right on. Bring it. There you go. There are many broken people out here. Mm-hmm. There's our military soldiers. One in every three people nowadays, whether male or female, has suffered or are currently suffering some kind of serious physical, mental, and or sexual abuse and violence. Mm -hmm. We are a special breed of people, but many feel isolated on that island of misfits toys, not realizing that uh, we're not alone out here. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know and you can relate to the hurts of the abuse, you've experienced those missing puzzle pieces. What sets you apart on that island of misfit toys in your uniqueness? And what I'm trying to get at is, tell us about the book that you're working on, A Nightmare for Bad Guys. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the truth is, is one, I'm not unique. I'm not special. I've had suicidal tendencies. I've, I've, I've tried suicide. I've, 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 I know what that, that abyss is like, and I know what not being able to forgive yourself for things you've done in the past, or even appreciate the fact that, that you survived a hundred percent of the days that you've had so far and appreciating that and being grateful for the fact that I got breaths. I know now that I have TBI. Okay. I, I mean, I'm, but I'm not special. I'm not unique. Because there are millions of us around the world. And the only thing that if I am special at anything is the fact that cool about it. Because the shame and the guilt and the 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 I'm I'm not worthy of anything, all that bullshit. I need to sit there and if if my bringing it out and shedding light on it says anything, it's it lets other people say, well, I've I've been raped too, and or I've been this, or I've been that. And yes, good, come on out. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah, you got some bent, some dents, and some dings, and you're not fucking perfect. And there's nobody that is perfect. The, the people who are normal, whatever the fuck normal is, they're the ones that scare me. Normal is a drier setting. Amen to that. It is. So if you sit there and you come up, you're like, yeah, I was. Uh, 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 I had drunk parents and they beat me every day. Right on, brother and sister. Join the club. Right on. Excellent. Or, yeah, I was uh, raped or fill in the blanks. Whatever it is. 
yep, join the club. Yep, yep, yep. And then all of a sudden you find out you're on this island with millions and millions of people. Well, yeah, you're not special. You're not special. And I know that that's not nice to say, but you're not special. And because you're not special, come out of that dark little fucking room that you're in and come out to the rest of us. You don't have to join the circle and fucking kumbaya with us, but at least let me see your face. Step into the light and see that, you know what, you're going to be okay. Because that's all that really matters is the fact that the hardest part is finding the courage to stay alive every single day. And 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 that is my only message. Don't you, da- again, I'm going to get on my fucking soapbox. Or Go for it. Go for it. But don't you dare it. fucking kill yourself until you and I have had a chat. I don't give a fuck what the rules are. You are not allowed to kill yourself until you and I have had a voice-to-voice or face-to-face meeting. Now, the shitty part for you is, well, what if it's a couple of days till I get to talk to you? Well, you're not allowed to kill yourself. Don't you fucking do it. Now, if you can sit there and, and look into the abyss and see that somewhere in there you have value, well, that value is Marcus Torgerson fucking loves you and wants you to stay alive. I don't want you to stay alive for me. But if that's what it takes to keep you alive until you can see that you should be alive for you because you are a good person, then I'll take it. I'll take it all the time. And that's why I get so angry when fucking sons of bitches sit there and say, oh, you know what? I don't want to live anymore. I'm like, well, good. Well, I want you to stay alive. And then they go and kill themselves. Because what they don't seem to understand is that pain that they had, they don't have that pain anymore. Nope, they brought it to Marcus. Now Marcus wears that pain. And I do not believe that anybody who has ever talked to me, knowing full well how I feel, and then goes and kills themselves, when they're looking down on me and they see how much I'm in pain and how much I cry and I'm angry and I'm frustrated, I can't believe that they're happy. I cannot believe it. Don't fucking kill yourself. No matter what, you're not special. Everybody's got problems. We all have problems. Reach out and be, if you're strong, be there for someone else. And if you're not that strong right now, reach out and tell people that you need help because nobody's a fucking mind reader. Wow. Okay. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's, that's perfect. That's exactly uh-huh. what I wanted. And it, that, that's what we need to hear out here. We also, you, you had said, if you, if you're not that strong, reach out and, and, and get some help. I hundred percent agree with that. Yet there's another 10% of that. If you are not that strong, Reach out and find somebody who is not as strong as you and help them. Uh, agreed, agreed. But the problem that I have with that is that that people who are already in a dark place, we become we become selfish. We're we're like yes. you know what my my problems are are more important than anybody else's. And when they bump into somebody who is having a bad time, they're like, well, you know what? I don't I don't fuck. I have no time for your bullshit. I already fucking hate myself as it is. And that's and that selfish behavior is that's where the real cancer is. Because I agree with you. When you're having a bad day, reach out and try to help somebody else because somebody else has it worse. That, that, nobody gives a shit about that. Yeah. They just become selfish, and, which is why when – and I get – the amount of shit I get for what I'm about to say is unbelievable. I say it when anyway. You, when you kill yourself, you're a selfish prick. You mm-hmm. are male or female. It doesn't matter. You're selfish because you forgot that other people – you have now literally vomited on everybody. Everybody's got your vomit on them because you killed yourself. Thank you very much. Because it does, it just passes the, it passes the pain onto other people. And I do not, and, and that whole, do not make a permanent solution to a temporary problem and every problem is temporary. 
because all good things come to an end and all bad things come to an end. That this too bad. shall pass. Can I jump this in real quick? Because there's some uh, that's very interesting about what you just said. Absolutely. And uh, I'll be real quick. If you must kill yourself, please do it outside. Don't do it indoors. And yeah. there's a reason why. Finding people dead is, is not fun. No, because nobody wants to clean that shit. I mean, come on. Nope. Amen to that, brother. <laughs> Straight up. Do it outside in the woods somewhere. Leave a note. Like a yeah. real Not just because I hate life. Like, leave a detailed note. Pass. And if you're going to blame everybody, then go ahead. Because at least let me know what I did wrong. Because I'm going to be questioning it anyways. You know, it's so wrong that, in it, you know, for people that believe in biblical stuff, uh, if you kill yourself, you end up going to purgatory, not heaven. So even back I'm then, they knew. See, I don't. Well, I don't believe that you go to hell if you kill yourself. Well, yeah, I, I'm not talking about like what we believe. I'm just saying in general, that's what people, you know, in religions right. believe that if you commit suicide or you kill yourself, you don't go directly to heaven. So I mean, even those religious folks back then understood that you know suicide was wrong oh, in any absolutely. capacity. You know, it doesn't matter what your denominators or you believe in; it's across the board. Suicide is I condemned all... in all religions. I think we all know, well, maybe not all of us. I think most of us know somebody in our lives, whether it be friend or relative or even an enemy or whatever, that has taken their own life. Yeah, yeah my my uncle did as well. Well, I'll, and I'll, I have to say that, and here's where this is where I don't even give a shit about adults. When, when, when an adult kills themselves and their uncle, aunt, friend, whatever. It's when you have to go to an eight-year-old child, and he's looking at you, and tears in his face, and he says, Marcus, why did my dad kill himself? It's my fault, isn't it? It's because I didn't clean my room. It's because I didn't eat all my vegetables. It's because of that time that he had to pick me up from school, and he was mad because he was late for work. Let me tell you something. When, when that child has got those kind of fucking thoughts in their head. And yeah, you're right. You could rationalize and say, well, no, little Timmy, it's not because of that. Do you think they actually hear you? No. What they hear is, daddy died because of me. So when all of you are listening and you're like, well, I don't want to live anymore and my aunts and uncles or my nephews and whatever, think about those fucking kids and the fact that they're going to be fucked for life because you took a solution that was so permanent that the problem doesn't even matter anymore because that kid doesn't understand what financial ruin is. They don't understand what alcoholism is. They don't understand whatever your problems are. They don't understand it. All they know is that they're, whoever you are to that kid is gone and it's their fault. So chew on that for a little bit and then come back to me and tell me you want to kill yourself. Okay. Is this, is this what is in your book, A Nightmare for Bad Guys? Uh, well, the book, as we're writing it, is supposed to be, I got this awesome guy that's helping me write it. He's in New Zealand, and uh, he, uh, he, we're, oh, fuck. The, the idea is to basically tell my story, right, all the shit that has happened to me, um, so that others will not, or if they've gone through that past, that they won't uh, have to do, they don't have to feel like they're alone. Inside of that is this kind of stuff, like the stuff I'm vomiting on your show right now. Um, I don't even know what the final product's going to look like, to be honest with you, because, you know, I basically just 
I can't write for shit. So I basically just verbally tell him all this kind of stuff and then he translates it into English. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know what the final book is going to be like. What I hope the book will do is that some poor female male schmuck will pick it up and be like, I hate my life and read and be like, God, this guy's really fucked up. Wow. And he's still alive and he's still doing all this stuff. Well, shit, if he can do it, then I can do it. That's basically what I hope happens. Absolutely. That is awesome. <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. Where has the time gone? Okay. Um, I wish that we were not out of time. I would love to have you back on my show. I'm only a message um, away. You, you, you tell me and I will be there. That is awesome. Tell us where we can find you and how people can get in touch with you and hopefully hire you or buy merchandise from your your website. Well, the website is the uh, the best way. It's my name, MarcusTorgerson.com. And uh, I'm on most of those social media platforms, Facebook and Instagram. Instagram seems to be the easiest for me to have dialogue with. Um, Facebook has been a little challenging at times. Um, and that's, and at the end of the day, just reach out and, and I mean, I try to respond as quick as possible. And if you ask me creepy things like what kind of socks do I wear? I I'm very pleasant and then you'll get an emoji and that'll be the end of it. But, uh, for the most part, I I'm pretty much an open book. If you ask a question, I'll answer it to the best of my ability. If I don't know the answer, I know smart people. I will find the answer. That's awesome. What are your parting thoughts for the listeners so you can pick up the pieces of, of this last segment of the suicides and taking our lives and stuff? What are your thoughts, not just on that, for that people can take away from this and remember who is Marcus Torgerson? Well, and, and I hate to say that I've said this before, but it's, it's such an important message. I stole it from somebody else who I can't remember, but... I'm going to say this. I want you to have empathy for the, the person you were at the time that whatever the events were that are so unforgivable or the things that you cannot uh, deal with, look back at who you were at that time and have empathy for that person because they don't know what you know now. Okay. There's no fucking time machine that, that, that you can go back and say to that person at that age, Hey, by the way, Marcus, you know what? You're about to get raped by two different men in your lifetime. And you know what? It's not your fault, dude. It's not your fault. You didn't ask for it. And the fact that you didn't fight back doesn't make you a pussy. It doesn't make you a wimp. Have empathy for that person and try to forgive yourself for the fact that you didn't know what you know now. And then see how those problems look. <laughs> 